You are listening to the Good Day Wellness Podcast, a podcast dedicated to boosting your mood. I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I'm here to support you on the way to calming your mind and nourishing all aspects of your life. Together, we can bridge the connection between body and mind and make every day a good day. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I hope wherever you are listening from, you are having the most beautiful day. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Balsam, producing ready-made meals right here in SA using local produce and no preservatives, only the good stuff. Enjoy 30% off your first home delivery box using the code GOODDAY at balsam.com.au. Now, today's episode is all about skin health. Now, this is a topic that I really love to chat about because I know firsthand how how much the state of your skin health can really influence and impact our mental health and our mood. So when your skin is glowing, you are usually glowing too. So this episode is a good one if you're interested in learning more about getting to the bottom of your skin concerns. Today, I'm looking at it from a nutritional perspective, as well as a nervous system perspective and breaking down the ins and outs of how your nutrition and lifestyle habits can actually really influence your skin. But before we get into that, let's chat about our mood boosting tip of the day. Now, today I want to bring awareness to extra virgin olive oil, which is basically liquid gold. Now, extra virgin olive oil or Evo is a fundamental aspect of the Mediterranean diet, renowned for its positive effects on brain health and mood. Now, it's rich in monounsaturated fats like oleic acid. Evo supports overall brain brain function. Now, it's abundant in antioxidants, particularly polyphenols and vitamin E, which are known to shield the cells from oxidative stress, which is crucial for maintaining your brain health. Now, Evo's anti-inflammatory properties can mitigate the risk associated with chronic inflammation and may have neuroprotective benefits, potentially guarding against conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, which is absolutely incredible. Evo aids in enhancing cognitive function, including memory and problem-solving skills. So its role in stabilizing blood sugar levels also contributes to your mood regulation, which we have spoken about before. And it's just so crucial for your neurotransmitter production as well. Now, additionally to all of those amazing things, Evo is vital for brain development in younger individuals as well and may even reduce the risk of age-related cognitive decline. So as we can see here, it just has so many benefits and also on conditions like anxiety and depression. So the list is honestly endless. So my advice to you is get rid of your terrible seed oils. So vegetable oils, canola oils, sunflower oils, they all belong in the bin. You need to replace them with a really good quality extra virgin olive oil. And there are so many options out there which are amazing. And one thing that I think is a bit of a misconception is that olive oils can't be used in cooking at high temperatures, but that is a myth. They actually can be used. A lot of olive oils can be used up to temperatures of 200 degrees, which is so high. And, you know, that involves things like frying and and whatever else. So my advice to you, 
swap out your seed oils, your terrible oils for a good quality olive oil, because as I have just gone through there, it has so many benefits on your mood. There, are, I went through literally like five or 10 different things just in that one little list of all the ways that extra virgin olive oil can support and regulate your brain and your mood. So get on it. If you're not already, I love my olive oil. I put it on everything. I go through so many bottles, <laughs> but it's good. So it's okay. All right, let's get into the episode. I am going to do this one in two parts. So firstly, I'll break down the gut skin axis and I'll um, really go into giving you lots of information on how you can support your gut health and the connection that has to your skin. And then secondly, I'm going to explain the connection between your skin and the nervous system and the role that that plays. So strap yourself in because this is a really, really good one and get your journals out because you're going to want to write some notes. Obviously, of course, if you're not driving. Okay, now full disclosure here, when it comes to skincare, so all the stuff you obviously put on top of your skin, I have no idea about that stuff. I am not very good with skincare. I use the basic stuff that I like and, you know, that has less chemicals in it. Um, But today is all about skin health from the inside out. So it's what you're putting in your body that is actually reflecting on the outside of your skin. Because I like to look at skin as the window to understanding what is going on inside your body. So usually when you have issues going on in your gut, they will often show on your skin. So that's kind of what we're going to break down. Now, the gut-skin axis is the connection between the gastrointestinal system, your gut, and the skin. So the core of this relationship lies in the gut microbiome, which is a broad community of microorganisms that include bacteria, viruses, and fungi. So these microbes residing in the gut play a pivotal role in your digestion, in nutrient absorption, and just in your overall gut health. So they interact with the immune system, helping to regulate responses to pathogens and distinguishing between beneficial and harmful microbes. So this balance is crucial in preventing misguided immune reactions. However, when the gut microbiome experiences imbalances, it can lead to inflammation within the gut. So this inflammation doesn't only affect the gut itself, but can also trigger immune responses that manifest elsewhere in the body, including your skin. So conditions like psoriasis, and eczema and acne have all been linked to these inflammatory responses originating in the gut. Not only that, but the gut is central to nutrient absorption and just distribution of those um, nutrients as well. So the microbiome can lead to nutrient deficiencies if, um, you know, not getting what it needs and not breaking down those nutrients, which can, of course, impact your skin health. So the gut microbiome also plays a role and has a major influence on your hormonal health and the regulation of your hormones, which also has a secondary effect on the skin. So dysfunctions and changes in that microbial composition and function of the gut can lead to alters in your immune responses, which lead to the development of skin disorders. So that's kind of how that process works. So your skin is a window to your gut, meaning if your gut is not in a healthy state and populated with beneficial bacteria, this will show up externally on your skin. So that is how it is all intertwined. That is how it kind of all works and why it's connected. So when it comes to improving your gut health to support your skin, 
The best place to start is, I would say, eliminating pro-inflammatory foods such as processed foods, seeds and vegetable oils, anything super rich in all those refined sugars and artificial ingredients. Now, In regards to its benefits on reducing inflammation, opting for a Mediterranean-style diet is an excellent way to go. So if you look at a Mediterranean-style diet, they have so many abundant fruits and vegetables that are seasonal, that are so rich in all those beautiful antioxidants. They have hardly any processed and artificial foods. There are small amounts of meats and you've got fish. So you've got your omega-3 fatty acids from the fish, good quality olive oils, as we touched on the start. So, you know, and not only is a Mediterranean style diet great in terms of the food that you consume, but the lifestyle as well. So eating in a really calm and relaxed environment with friends and family, free of your phone and free of technology, that's a big part of the Mediterranean style diet. And getting outdoors, you know, doing the gardening or being outside, going for walks, getting that vitamin D. So the Mediterranean style diet isn't just a diet in terms of what you're eating, but the whole lifestyle, the whole Mediterranean lifestyle can also in turn reduce that inflammation in your body. So really, really important when, you know, you want to kind of look at a way to reduce those inflammation levels in your body. Now, it may also be quite beneficial for a period of time to reduce your intake of dairy products if you consume a lot of them and also look at reducing the amount of gluten in your diet. So just opting for nutritious options that can replace these foods for a period of time may be beneficial for you. So it doesn't have to be forever, but it's also good to figure out what may be acting as a trigger. So I like to look at eliminating certain foods as an investment for myself. So if I feel that something isn't sitting right for me, I will eliminate it for a couple of weeks and then I'll reintroduce it. And if I find that I'm having a really bad reaction to it, then I will know that that food is obviously a trigger. So, you know, you may want to try that with something like dairy or gluten if you feel that it may not be sitting right with you. And so when I started reducing my dairy intake, I personally found that there was a huge difference in my skin. So that is something I've just naturally stuck to since from when I was in high school, really. So I still love yogurt and of course I love cheese. I mean, who doesn't love cheese? But of course, I'm just a little bit more selective about firstly, how often I'm having those foods. And I found a really good balance for what works for me. So I love to have a Greek yogurt. I usually have a Greek yogurt like once a day, maybe in the afternoon, Um, but I don't have cow's milk because it doesn't sit well with me. So I've just found a good balance between having those dairy foods that are rich in those fermented properties and, and probiotics without having the others that I just find react with my gut and make my skin worse. So, you know, finding that balance again that works for you is the key to getting your health to a good place. Now, in terms of what you can do to start supporting your gut, of course, the basics of incorporating healing foods and pro and prebiotic rich foods is super important because that's going to soothe and support your gut lining. Now, I'll go through a few of my favorites just so you can start having a few ideas of some of the 
probiotic-rich foods that you can start incorporating into your diet. So fermented foods are right at the top of the list. Now, this includes things like kimchi and sauerkraut, foods that have gone through a fermentation process. So they all contain bacteria in them, which can actually be really beneficial for your gut and for your gut microbiome. Now, next, you've got your Greek yogurts with live bacteria cultures. Again, it has kind of very similar function to your fermented foods because it's got those bacteria in them. So a really good quality Greek yogurt, free of any artificial colors. And you know, when they have all those flavorings in them, we don't want that. We just want the good Greek yogurt. Um, Bone broths are wonderful and rich in great minerals for your gut lining. Your gut will really love a good quality bone broth, whether that's once a day. Um, Now you can buy bone broths in like jars or you can buy in powders but it's also really great to just make them yourself go to the farmer's market always opt for organic when you are making a bone broth Um, if you have a slow cooker it's perfect you can chuck it in there and you know the longer you leave it the more it's going to develop and it's going to extract all those beautiful flavors out of the bones and whatever other vegetables you're using in there to flavor it And then, of course, we've got our anti-inflammatory foods. And this includes things like your turmeric, your herbs and spices, your antioxidant-rich fruits, vegetables, fatty fish like salmon, avocado, nuts and seeds, all the foods that we've already touched on in episode one and episode two of this podcast. So if you want more information of them, go listen to previous episodes. Now, In terms of the type of meals you should opt for and the type of kind of foods that you have that are super easy for your digestive system to break down, this is where I'd recommend things like stews and slow cooked foods because they have essentially already started to break down. So that digestive process has actually already started and your body finds it so much easier to break down, digest and distribute these nutrients all throughout your body. So essentially your gut isn't working as hard, your digestive system isn't working as hard to break down really tough meats and fibers of different foods. So slow cooked foods are really, really, really good for your gut health. Um, Another great point that I like to make in terms of, you know, things that are going to support your digestive system is starting your day with warm lemon water. It's a big tip that I always recommend and it's just a really good habit to get yourself into. It's a great thing to start doing first thing in the morning. It's going to support your digestive system. It's going to make sure that the first thing you drink in the morning is actually water and not a coffee because we want to change that if that's the case. And also just in terms of when we're looking at our gut health and we're looking at things to calm it. Another little tip there. So, you know, we've got our slow cooked foods. We have got our warm lemon water in the morning to get the digestive system kicking. But then before a meal, it's really great to have something like a rocket salad dressed in lemon juice that can support your digestive enzymes. So, you know, there are little things that you can do to optimize your digestive system, which is in turn going to support your gut health. And of course, with a happy, healthy gut, we're going to have happy, healthy skin. So these steps that I'm going through now are basically more of a process to kind of help you get there. So if you're someone that experiences a lot of 
reflux or bloating with your meals, it may be an indication that you actually have low stomach acid and a low number of digestive enzymes. And I find a great little trick with that is having something like a shot of apple cider vinegar before a heavy meal. So before you have lunch or dinner, even breakfast, having, you know, 20 mils of apple cider vinegar diluted with some water before you have your heavy meal. It's just a good way to kind of get the digestive system kicking. Again, like I mentioned, the rocket salad, another really good way before a heavy meal, having that in there, that's going to increase your digestive enzymes. It's more of a natural way as well. Um, So lots of little things you can do there. And Try and avoid drinking water or any beverages whilst you are eating. So whilst you're having the meal, try and avoid fluids because that may actually be washing away your digestive enzymes and you want them to be at peak levels whilst you're eating. So, you know, you have your drinks before and then after your meal. And a great nutrition tip for your gut that I would also recommend, and I recommend this one to pretty much all of my clients because it's a good little habit to get yourself into, but it's incorporating 40 mils of pure aloe vera juice into your morning routine before you eat or drink anything else to help soothe your gut. So this can really seal and soothe your digestive system. So I like to imagine this as, you know, when you get really sunburnt and you put aloe vera onto your skin and it kind of calms it, it soothes it, it makes that, you know, stinginess go away. Essentially, the aloe vera juice is doing something very similar to your digestive system. So if you're someone that has a lot of gut issues, it kind of feels a bit bubbly and not great. Having something like 40 mils aloe vera juice in the morning is a great way to seal and line that digestive system. Um, And then we're looking later in the day or at nighttime, opting for psyllium husk and slippery elm bark, another really two really good ingredients that you can start adding into, whether it's you add them straight into water or you put them into a smoothie. It's a you know, easier way to eat it. So basically a little note on them is that they have been shown to reduce cholesterol levels by binding to cholesterol in the intestine and promoting its excretion out of the body. It can also help reduce the risk of heart disease, which is also pretty cool. It just supports the fiber intake in your body, helps things move through your digestive system a little bit easier. So they're just two little things that you can start incorporating into your life that are going to optimize your digestive system and optimize your gut health. So there are so many amazing ingredients out there that you can buy from the shelves of any supermarket that have so many healing benefits when it comes to your gut health. So these were just a few little tips that you can use to optimize that. Now, in terms of lifestyle factors, that plays a huge role in your gut health. And, you know, in terms of lifestyle, what we're talking about here is reducing stress and focusing on your sleep. They're two crucial aspects when we are talking about our gut health. So I think they are often overlooked, but super, super important. So there's really so much to get into there. So in terms of lifestyle, there is so much that we can go into, but starting slowly with the basic tips that I have mentioned. So, you know, focusing on your sleep and reducing stress is a really, really good place to start. And that will then kind of help you to reduce those 
you know, anything that's going on in your gut. So you can really focus on optimizing your gut health and supporting your skin health. So I think when it comes to gut health, it's all about creating small daily rituals and routines that are going to make it practical for you to stick to. So gut health is more of a lifestyle because it is impacted by so many factors from dietary to lifestyle to your social life everything. So my advice here is to take one point from lifestyle, one point from nutrition and one point from the supplement area and start incorporating one of those into your lifestyle every single day and just see how that goes. It's always best to start small, start with one habit and work your way from there. So yeah, gut health is, you have to tackle it from every angle. It's yes, it's a big part of what you're eating, but it's also how you're sleeping. It's also how stressed you are. It's also what's going on in your lifestyle. There are so many factors. So they're just a few that you can start focusing on and looking at next time you're really focused on improving your gut health. So I'm actually going to get a gut expert to come on the show soon so we can go deeper into it. But today I just wanted to break down that relationship between the gut and the skin and some of the simple yet really effective changes that you can start to adopt every single day that will make a positive change and impact on your gut and in turn your skin. So now let's move on to the connection between your skin and your stress levels. Okay, so nervous system stress, often referred to as chronic stress, holds a really big impact on skin health. So this connection comes back to the interplay between your stress hormones, the immune system and skin functions. So prolonged stress triggers the release of hormones like cortisol, which when elevated over time can disrupt your hormonal balance. So this may stimulate excess oil production, potentially leading to skin conditions like acne. And chronic stress induces systemic inflammation as well. So a common factor in various skin conditions is that inflammation, which we've already touched on. So the skin's natural protective barrier can weaken under stress, resulting in increased vulnerability to dryness, irritation and sensitivity, basically all the things we don't want. And stress may actually hinder the body's ability to heal wounds. So, you know, if we've got scabs and scratches and we're super stressed, our body's going to find it harder to heal them quickly. So personally for me, some of the worst acne breakouts that have occurred for me is when I've been under prolonged periods of stress, like an exam or, you know, a death in the family or, um, you know, the most recent time in my life when I went through some weird life changes, that was when I found that I was breaking out and my skin was at you know, probably some of the worst it's ever been, which is, you know, we go with the flow. So I just find that when I have a lot going on and I'm feeling overwhelmed, it really reflects in my skin. And that is due to those excessive amounts of cortisol, which messes up my hormones and manifests into breakouts. So I think when it comes to skin health, stress and anxiety are often overlooked, but they do really, really play a big role. So calming your mind really does result in a calmer nervous system and that can also calm and balance your hormones. So everything we eat, say, think, 
everything. Everything plays a role in our health and it's all really important. So when it comes to calming your nervous system, there are many things that we can do here. So firstly um, is address your lifestyle and day to day. So is there something in your life that is really stressing you out? Maybe it's your job. So, you know, the plan of attack there is to make a plan to figure out how you can change this or how you can manage it better without taking it on so much. So a lot of the time we take on stress that maybe we should just leave at work or we should just leave behind. And I know that's way easier said than done, but you know, it may be good to create a bit of a plan of attack. Okay, how can I manage this better? Or maybe there's someone in your life that really stresses you out and makes you feel on edge. And you know, it's it's a good thing for you to stop and create boundaries with those people so you're not again, taking it on when you probably don't need to. So everyone's circumstances are going to be different. So it's pretty much kind of up to you to create a plan of action that is going to work for you and help you figure out how you can manage these things a little better. So, you know, that's everyone's life's different. There's nothing I can really say that's going to be the thing that you need to do because I don't really know what anyone's life circumstances are. I only know what mine are. So I can't really give specific advice on that. But basically my advice there is to just, you know, make a plan of attack, figure out how you can change your circumstances to make them less stressful and better for you. Now, of course, I'm going to talk about my favorite stress reducer of all time, which is journaling. So journaling has been proven in many studies that it can actually calm and regulate your nervous system, helping you to feel calmer and see things a little more clearly. Adopting a daily journal practice is honestly the simplest and probably the cheapest thing that you can do to calm your nervous system. Having a self-care practice that is just for you every single day will help you on your way to support your skin health. So I have found that for me, when I am on top of my self-care practice, when I'm sticking to my journal practice, that is when I'm feeling good, my gut's feeling good, my skin's looking good. It does actually make a difference. So if you haven't already got yourself a good day journal, go check it out and grab one yourself and just give this little self-care practice a go. Because like I said, it has so many benefits of how it can actually help you. And it's the simplest thing. Like, you know, you sit at home and you write down how you're feeling. You get things off your chest. You get them out of out of your brain you take one stressful thing that's taking up so much space and you put it somewhere else and you say I don't want to deal with this right now you know it helps you process it it helps you look at things a little bit differently and see things clearly and that's why I'm so passionate about this practice and I love it so much because anyone can do it we all have our own way of doing it and it's so effective And it's something that you don't need to spend a lot of money on. You don't need to spend a lot of time on. And it's something we can all integrate in our life in one way or another. So there you go. My passion just comes out for that every time. (laughs) So the next thing is creating a morning routine, I think is probably one of the most successful ways to set yourself up for a calm and happy day ahead. You know, what you do in the morning really impacts the rest of how your day is going to really plan out and how it's going to flow. So, you know, that, that has a huge influence over how you feel throughout the day and how well you deal with this stress that is thrown at you throughout the day as well. So if you're waking up and you're constantly snoozing your alarm, 
And, you know, this is no good and will leave you very, very frazzled, which is not a nice feeling to have throughout the day. But if you wake up first thing in the morning and, you know, you get straight up and you're jumping out of bed and you're not going on your phone first thing, you're going to feel a little bit different. It's just the little things that you do in the morning that can really, really play a huge role in your stress levels and regulating your nervous system. So, you know, another thing, don't go on your phone first thing in the morning. You know, if I could tell you to do three things right now in the morning, firstly, when your alarm goes off, sit up, like turn your alarm off and sit up straight away. Try and get out of bed as quickly as you can. Secondly, open the blinds and let natural light in. That's a big one. And thirdly, just get up and fix your bed, like make your bed, get something done, tick something off the list and then proceed with your morning. They're very basic things. They're not fluffy. They're just anyone can do that. So, you know, and then if you've given yourself an extra five minutes in the morning, do something that's just for you. You know, start your day with either a journal practice or a five minute breathing practice or, you know, writing out something that you want to do or writing your to-do list in the the morning, whatever it is, something that's going to contribute to your calmer mindset for the day is going to be really, really crucial. And that again is going to come back to habits and doing small things each day to create your calm mind and your healthy mind and, and boost your mood. So look at how you can optimize your mornings is basically what I'm saying. Now, in terms of food, of course, supporting your gut health is really, really important when supporting your nervous system. So make sure to take on all those things we just discussed. But another big thing here is reducing stimulants. Now, this includes things like coffee, caffeine, energy drinks, soft drinks, alcohol, anything with lots of sugar in it. And I'm going to break a few of them down for you so you can understand why, because I'm sure we've all heard, oh, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't drink that. But I'm going to give you some facts as to why this is the case. So coffee and caffeine rich drinks. So when consumed, caffeine enters the bloodstream and easily crosses the blood brain barrier. In the brain, it blocks the action of adenosine, a neurotransmitter responsible for promoting relaxation and sleepiness. So by doing so, caffeine increases the release of other neurotransmitters like dopamine and non-epinephrine. Now, this leads to heightened alertness, improved focus, and increased energy levels. However, excessive, although that sounds great, excessive amounts and consumption of caffeine can lead to jitteriness, increased heart rate, and even anxiety in a lot of individuals. So it's important to consume coffee in moderation to reap its benefits without experiencing the nervous, sorry, the negative effects it has on the nervous system. So there really is a fine line between how much caffeine you should have. And this is why I always say to all my clients, one coffee a day in the morning. You wake up, have your warm lemon water, have your breakfast. And then after that, a good 45 minutes after that, then have your coffee, you know, whether that's a a straight black coffee or whether that's a cappuccino, whatever it may be, that's when you can have it. And then that's it. Cap your coffee at there. And then, you know, if you do want to pick me up in the afternoon, aim for, you know, a matcha latte or a chai latte. I know it doesn't sound as exciting if you're a coffee lover, but, you know, all that heightened caffeine in your body is just not doing your nervous system any favors. Now, 
In terms of energy drinks, they contain a high sugar content and this provides a rapid source of energy causing a spike in your blood glucose levels. So this can lead to an increased heart rate and a surge in your energy. So the combination of caffeine and sugar can lead to enhanced focus and alertness, but excessive consumption can result in nervousness, jitteriness and potentially more serious side effects like increased blood pressure and heart palpitations. So not just that, but energy drinks also include stimulating ingredients such as guana and taurine, which are known stimulants. So energy drinks are basically the trifecta of anxiety-causing ingredients. So caffeine, sugar, and stimulants are all present, okay? We want to stay away from that. I say avoid energy drinks at all costs. They are just honestly one thing I cannot stand. I also personally think they taste gross, so I don't get the obsession. I get the obsession with coffee, but I don't get the obsession with energy drinks. And of course, the last thing on my list is alcohol. Now, alcohol is a toxin and a depressant. So alcohol slows down the transmission of signals between your nerve cells. It primarily affects our neurotransmitter GABA, which inhibits brain activity. So alcohol enhances the effects of GABA, leading to those feelings of, you know, real like sedation and and relaxation. So it inhibits glutamate, a neurotransmitter responsible for excitatory signals. Now this further suppresses your brain activity, leading to impaired cognitive and motor function. So not to mention the impact it has on your gut health. And it is super pro-inflammatory, which has major effects on your skin. So of course, I get it. Sometimes we drink. I'm not going to lie and tell you I never drink because I do sometimes. But it's all about moderation again. And, you know, just having this understanding is is powerful. Education is powerful and that's what I'm trying to do here. So that's kind of the stuff you want to avoid if you have a very overstimulated nervous system. So I just want to break down a few of the most important nutrients that your skin absolutely loves. Now, these are nutrients that are required for optimal skin health. So I'll break them down and let you know what foods you can get them in. So first up on my list is zinc. Now, zinc deficiency is often linked to acne. Zinc can relieve some of the redness and irritation associated with moderate to severe acne. It may also help reduce the appearance of your of any acne scars that you have on your skin. And the food sources you can find this in are things like your meat, pumpkin seeds, oysters are a really good source, and nuts and seeds. Next on the list is, of course, our omega-3 fatty acids. So omega-3 fatty acids reduce inflammation in the body and promote your hormone health. So omega-3 contains EPA and DHA, which support the regular regulation of oil production and the structure and appearance of your skin. Now, food sources include salmon, mackerel, chia and flax seeds. Next, we've got our vitamin C, which is an antioxidant. So healthy skin should contain high levels of vitamin C to protect the epidermal outer layer and the inner dermal layer. So vitamin C is an antioxidant necessary to create collagen and the skin cannot store collagen without vitamin C. So you need to have both. Um, So food sources include your red capsicums, really, really high in vitamin C, citrus fruits and berries as well. And kiwi fruit is up there 
on that list. Uh, next up, we have selenium. Now, selenium is another antioxidant important for skin health. Low levels of blood selenium have been documented in people with acne. So selenium supports your hair, skin and nail health. So food sources include your Brazil nuts. So just eating three Brazil nuts a day will actually help you reach your daily recommended intake. Only three a day. So that's awesome. That's easy. Everyone can eat three Brazil nuts a day. And then we have our B vitamins. So B vitamins, particularly niacin, which is vitamin B3, has shown to be beneficial for overall skin health. So niacin Niacin. Niacin benefits your skin by stimulating production of collagen and elastin. So food sources include your organ meats, tuna, whole grains, and avocados. Now, I could go on for days, but if you want a starting point with looking at nutrients and foods that you should start consuming to benefit your skin, this is a really, really good place to start. Start adding those nutrients and those foods that I just listed off into your daily routine into your daily meal plan, as well as the gut loving tips that I gave and those calming nervous system foods as well. So it's really a combination. Like I said, with anything, it is a lifestyle. So supporting your gut and your skin, it's you have to tackle it from every angle, your gut health, your nervous system, and the nutrients that you consume every single day. So look at how you can optimize all of that and use all the information that I've given you in this podcast, because I've given you a lot, and use those to kind of benefit your skin. And of course, water. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water, two to three liters minimum per day. It's just going to flush out any toxins in your body. It's going to keep things moving. It's going to support your digestive system and everything else. So keep on it. So like I said, you know, there are other things as well. You know, of course, you've got exercise and personal hygiene and wearing excessive makeup and skincare products and, you know, what skin treatments you're getting. There's all these other aspects that are going to support your skin. You know, they, they all play a role. But, you know, I do believe your dietary and stress levels play a really, really critical role in your skin health. So I think it's important to get these things right and build from there. Like I always say, if you create solid foundations when it comes to your health, health and mental health, it is easier to build from there. So start with your food, start with your nutrition and lifestyle and build up from there. Okay, that is all for today. I hope that you've taken something from this episode that you can use to nourish your gut, nourish your nervous system and nourish your skin because I've provided a lot in each of those aspects. So thank you again to today's episode sponsor, Balsam, your ready-made meal company with a difference. Experiencing the convenience of nutritionist designed meals using locally sourced produce with no nasties by using the code GOODDAY and get 30% off your first order at balsam.com. Locally sourced, whole foods, only the good stuff. Make sure if you like this episode, you leave us a review and I look forward to seeing you back here for another episode soon. Love you guys. Mwah.